You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, crazily crafty cranial croissants, cream puffs, and queen of months. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your quirky quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 205. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your assembly of associates ascertaining assorted assets. Ooh, I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Before we begin, we have another installment of our famous errors, omissions, and corrections segment, a little something we like to call... Um, actually... Um, actually, what you said just wasn't true. Um, actually, do you mind if I correct you? Because actually, factually, and quite enthusiastically, I was right, and you were wrong. That's exactly what inspired me to write this Um, Actually song. You were wrong. I have an Um, Actually from our last episode three years ago. We've had some we've had some callbacks with listeners have sent some stuff in, but I don't think we've had one this far back. So now you guys can rest easy. This is not a correction or, or a clarification on any of you. This is actually a small gripe I have with the Trivial Pursuit question that we had. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is how petty I am. Just in case you're a new listener, yeah. Oh, which is it, and, and and all of these trivial pursuit <laughs> cards are like 20, 30 years old anyway. <laughs> So yeah. the, yeah, the timeline of this grudge is uh, extensive. Quite long. Yeah, and you know, it's really, this is one of those where it's not wrong, but I think it's just a bad question, which in some ways is worse than being wrong. So I went back, you know, we, we were getting the band back together. Let me just lay some context. And so I went back to listen to our most recent, most recently posted show, uh, which was uh, Go Go West. Karen, at the top of the show, you you had our Trivial Pursuit questions. and And the question was... What was the name of the band Jim Morrison was invited to join before the doors were formed? Then the answer was, uh, the answer it was Rick and the Ravens. I, I even said on the air, I'm like, oh, huh, I'll have to look them up. I've never heard anything about them. And, <laughs> and you and, did! And, Three and, years and, later. And I did. And I did. because, And I'm, I'm so mad when I did, because this is, this is a question, the way the question sounds like, it's like, oh, what other band did Jim Morrison turn down before he joined the doors, right? I mean, like, that's how yeah. I interpret it. So I looked up Rick and the Ravens, all right? Rick and the Ravens was just the band that turned into the doors. It's so like Rick and the Ravens was a going concern as a band. They invited Jim Morrison to join the band. He did. And then some of the other members left and they changed their name to the doors is basically the story <laughs> okay. of it. So that's my complaint. I can, I can sleep okay. easy tonight. <laughs> well, we will forward it on to the trivial pursuit <laughs> yeah. corporation. They can find the person who wrote it, who who's probably dead of extreme old age. <laughs> we'll see if they can find a person who cares and they'll get back to yeah. you, Colin. Well, speaking of Trivial Pursuit, uh, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. This is where I select a random card uh, from the Trivial Pursuit box and ask you some questions. You guys all have your barnyard buzzers buzzing with the answer. Here we go. Blue Wedge for geography. When East Pakistan separated from West Pakistan, it formed which country? 
That was Colin. Uh, I think that was Bangladesh, yes? Correct. Bangladesh. Pink wedge for pop culture. In the film Jurassic Park, where did the dinosaur DNA come from? Everybody. Frog. A mosquito. A mosquito they found in amber. Yeah. In a oh, tree. yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I am. I am more correct. But you, <laughs> but you are technically correct. <laughs> Mosquitoes preserved in amber, yep. not to be confused with the 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 frog DNA. They could. They're hermaphroditic. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. That's the twist. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. spoilers from this movie. Life, it's life years old. finds a way. All right, Yellow Witch. Which three countries are part of the largest free trade region in the world created when NAFTA went into effect on January 1st, 1994? Colin again? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Canada, Mexico, and our very own United States of America. Correct. Purple Wedge, what is the name of the mongoose in Kipling's The Jungle Book? Oh, Oh, Chris. No, pass. I was thinking of a different mongoose book. I figured there was only one <laughs> book with a mongoose. Ricky Tivy, Ricky Tiki Tavi. Oh, Tavi oh, is, Ricky the Tiki mongo- is, is that the mongoose it? from a? Data is correct. Hey! Yes. Yes. Ricky Tiki Tavi. That's what I was gonna say. That's a different. I thought it was a different book, huh? It's like in my mind, it sounds. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it is. And then I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm like, this is definitely not what this it is. is amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did I make this up? I may have made this up. It sounds like <laughs> Green Wedge. An NSA surveillance program unnervingly shares a name with which nefarious computer network in the sci-fi classic Terminator? Uh, uh, Chris. Skynet. Skynet oh. in all caps. last question orange wedge which pasta is whiter isn't orange sports and leisure i guess this is leisure (laughs) which which pasta is whiter hold on this is a multiple choice question right yes it's not just (laughs) open-ended fettuccine or linguine oh interest chris fettuccine correct yeah okay yeah, okay. Linguini the word means li- little ribbons. Sure. Mm. And today's show, we're episode 205, and every fifth episode, uh, we do something what we call an all-quiz bonanza, where we all prepare our own quizzes, no specific topic, and we're going to try to stump each other and stump you guys, listeners. So today is our all-quiz bonanza number 41. <laughs> to go first so um in the uh couple of years uh interim uh between uh, the last episode and you know these new episodes uh my child continued to grow up not that he is six he is really starting to get into certain things and uh learning about stuff and developing his own interests in fact will come up to me and start asking me questions about stuff uh, that he learned, um, and I'm like, I don't know, and and this is really destroying <laughs> his uh, formerly held opinion of me as the person who knew ah. everything. You know, you can ask, me, you know. So now I wrote this uh, this quiz for you guys. This quiz is called "Stuff My Six Year Old Knows." I, oh no! I, basically, I I did this because I knew that he actually knows the answer to each of these questions, and and I and I I told him what we were going to be doing. I said I was going to ask my friends these questions. And he said, well, 
they're not six years old, so they might not be able to. <laughs> it's true. It's but true. they might. So we're gonna he see. Us, he gives a chance. He he gives yeah. you a he gives you a chance of maybe getting these right. Slim. So chance. here we go. Stuff my six year old knows. Get your barnyard buzzers ready. We're gonna we're gonna buzz in for these ones. Oh, and okay. here we and here we go. If they're really hard, right. can we work together? Could it be three yeah. of us versus your six year old? Okay. So what? So it's you're gonna like the you're gonna you're he's gonna gang up on him? Yes. Okay. He's the chaser. Sure. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how you guys do. Uh, okay. Question number one: uh, What author wrote books such as "Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus" and "The Pigeon Finds a Hot Dog"? Oh, I know this one because I know this one because my daughter, three-year-old, is reading these books too. These are uh, Mo Willems. Mo um, Willems. Yeah. Yes. Mo Willems. Yeah. A, That's a great name. Man, oh my God, man. Mo Willems has an empire of kids' books. Good job, Colin. Good yeah. job, Colin. Yes. Excellent book. Go both team. Of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Pigeon <laughs> Finds a Hot Dog is an understated masterpiece. I really love Pigeon Finds a Hot Dog. Question number two. What game are you playing if you're fighting an ender dragon? All right. Now we got it. This is scoped to Chris's okay. son's knowledge. That's true. Minecraft. Yes. Minecraft. Oh, my- Team answer. Correct. Team oh, answer. Yes. You ganged up on him and you got it right. <laughs> Question number three. Where would you find the three smallest bones in your body? Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, Karen has yeah. now decided that it's a buzzing physical. <laughs> Go for it. The ear. I don't know what the scientific name, but I know one is like the hammer, the one hammer, is the anvil, and one is stapes. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There's the common names and the scientific names. Colin oh, said right. one stapes. <laughs> There's the hammer, the anvil, and, and then right then stapes. So it's the uh, the malleus is the hammer. Yes. The, the incus, the incus is the anvil, and the stapes is the is the stirrup. Yep. Okay. And those are the three, the ossicles, the ossicles, the ear Ooh. bones, the three wow. smallest okay. bones in the body are in your ear. Okay, acoustic ossicles, okay. All right, you know so much about the human body. Question number four, where in the body would you find the hepatic flexure and the splenic flexure? Oh. Wow, I've I, never... I wonder if it's the fingers, because... But maybe that's something else because I know haptic touch is. Aren't the it's hips? Not, it's not haptic. It's it's, it's hepatic. Hip. Aren't the flexors oh, okay. in your hips? Aren't there muscle groups called flexors in your hips? Yeah, there may be. Although I said mm. flexure. F-L-E-R. Yeah, I'm yeah. just flexing. wow. We're just yeah, looking yeah, no for the words. Yeah, Talk it out. Yep. <laughs> mm. yep. It's, I mean, it's like working out and running. It's like I I know the muscle groups, and I've I've literally never heard of mm-hmm. what were the two terms? Flexure. The hepatic. Flexure uh-huh. and the splenic flexure. Splenic. Oh, splenic. Oh, splen- like spleen? Hepatic. Hepatitis. Like oh. livery. Okay, yeah. Gut somewhere. Is that like gag reflex or some sort of like regurgitation puke muscles or flexure. something? Hep- no, it's got to be. It- the. I will give you a hint. The the flexures are not they're not muscles they are uh, they are describing curves in a certain curves. part of the human body. Yeah. He's a he's a six year old. Oh, do you think they're fingerprints? Boy. Maybe. I think. Oh, you're onto something with hepatic and splenic. Yeah. Butt curve. <laughs> sure. Okay, so I'll tell you the hepatic flexure and the splenic flexure are um, points at which your large intestine curves. Oh. So your large your large intestine is 
this kind of shape. If you imagine like a lowercase letter N, I am only curves. I am only asking you this because there is, I swear, a a video <laughs> all about the large intestine that he watched, and he can now name you all the parts of the large intestine in order without needing a fancy mnemonic for it or anything like that. It's wow. wild. I'm going to give you one more one more human body question. Where in your body would you find lingual papillae? Oh, your tongue. That's oh, uh, yeah. Is- Dan- Dana said it. Tongue. Yeah. Dana got it right. Yes, yes, yes. Your tongue. Those are your taste buds. Yeah. You know, yeah, I learned about that when I was six as well. Like for the science fair when I was in kindergarten, we made a giant human tongue with like the bitter Whoa. area. And the sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Okay. Ceres, Make Make, Haumea, Eris, and blank. Ceres, Make Make. Repeat again. Okay, yeah, of course. Fill in the blank. Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, Make Make, M-A-K-E, M-A-K-E, Haumea, H-A-U-M-E-A, Eris, E-R-I-S, and blank. These are, I think they're moon. Are they 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 moons? Fantasy characters? They're a mix of culture names, like Ceres and Eris. And I mean, there's some clearly like Hawaiian ones in there, mm-hmm. sounds oh. like. Do you think they're moons? Oh. Maybe it's Io is the moon? Yeah, my guess is, yeah, my guess volcanoes? is something, something scientific. Yeah, volcanoes is a good guess Whoa. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give you a little bit of a hint. What they taught us in school about this area of study is dis- is different than what they will teach kids today in school about this area of study. Oh, Oh. space. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you what this is. Fill in the blank. Ceres, Maki Maki, Haumea, Eris, and Pluto are the... Oh, dwarf planets? The five dwarf planets currently known to exist in our solar system. Got it. Okay. Okay. So final question, final question, now that we know what we're talking about here, what is the difference between a planet and a dwarf planet? Oh man, I I remember like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I remember like Neil deGrasse Tyson explained it so simply. Uh, it's I don't remember. It's not size. It's not just the size, right? Doesn't it have to be fully under the capture of the gravity of our system or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're close. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, the idea is a dwarf planet does not clear out its own orbit. Oh, like there's okay. there should be nothing around the orbit. Um, of the of the so a planet will be big enough to suck in all that stuff and clear out its whole orbit, whereas a dwarf planet is not big enough to do Strong that. Enough. So if it can't, that's why Pluto kind of went back and forth because it's not that it, it's not that we didn't know how big Pluto was. It's about observing its orbit that's and right. is Pluto able to kind of clear out its whole orbit? And then they kind of discovered uh, that in fact it is not. I remember that term now: sweep sweep its orbit. It doesn't sweep, sweep its, its orbit. orbit. Yeah, right, I clear, that clear its okay. neighborhood as one of the So this was a extremely biased quiz, obviously, because I only selected questions I, I knew that my child knew. But uh, now you know what he's getting up to these days. Yeah, he won. Getting up to he won. He wins. Yep. Yeah, even yeah. against three adults. So I'm sure yeah. he'll be thrilled. Yeah. So I have a quiz here for you. It is very, very silly, and it is very, very tortured. We used to have this type of quiz before called Before and After. We've seen this on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, We've seen it on Jeopardy, Mm. where the answer is two things, and they share the same word in the middle. So, for example, I think a a previous uh, question I had was, 
you know, Tina Turner actress's favorite dog breed. And the <laughs> and the answer is Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett Hound. Hound. Okay. Angela cool. Bassett, before and after, you get the Bassett and the Bassett Hound. So I did something even crazier. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm calling it the before and after club sandwich. Because <laughs> I've now taken famous names. Three famous names where they share the same words in the middle. I need an so example. Would, I need an example. I, and this all happened because I saw someone's Twitter handle and I was like, wow, this is really clever. My example would be Rizzo from Greece goes to a magic mic show with the youngest person ever to win a competitive Oscar. So, so uh, Chris Scott, but you know, so I'm my clue will clue in its three parts. Right. Yeah. So right, right. the first part will be the first name, and then the second name, and the third name. Really, in the spirit of this quiz, you just need the first name and the and the third name because the, the the second name is going to be a, a you know a freebie. It, oh, yeah, I guess. a freebie. I yeah. guess, yeah. Chris, uh, again, the the example clue is Rizzo from Greece goes to a Magic Mike show. With the youngest person ever to win a competitive Oscar. And Chris, your answer is? Uh, Stalker Channing Tatum O'Neill. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Stalker Channing. Okay. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yep. Tatum, Tatum O'Neill. Okay. Um, got it. I saw three, some, three sets. Three two, names. Got it. Okay. Woo! Um, who, who, what was the inspiration for this? So I saw some guy on Twitter. Uh, his handle is heavy, heavy underscore Troopa. And his name is Carol Channing Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> okay. I thought it was. I thought, yeah, I thought Carol Channing might be a little bit out, you know, oh, outside oh, okay. of the pop culture realm. Oh, um, okay. So I, I put in Stalker Channing and stuff. But you know, the the same spirit of things for all those people um, who know Greece but not Hello Dolly is what yeah, you're worried yeah, about. Yeah, for right? that for that like <laughs> for that huge Venn diagram. <laughs> Here we go, and I'll, I'll give you some extra clues too. I'm telling you, these are these are hilariously tortured. Here right. we go. Okay, for this one, all of them are musicians. Here's my clue. At last, this fire and rain singer is gonna let her finish her award speech. I believe that is Chris again. <laughs> uh, Etta yeah. James Taylor Swift. Yes. Yes. Etta James Taylor Swift. So at last, Etta, J- Etta James, uh, fire and rain. James, James Taylor. Taylor. Let her finish her award speech, of course, as a Kanye and, and, and Taylor Swift. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, some of these I had to use like full names. Uh, so this is an example where I'm using a proper name. But anyways, here we go. <laughs> Don't play any wicked games about gravity with this former Republican House Speaker. Ooh. Yeah. Dana. Uh, Chris Isaac Newton Gingrich. Yes! Yeah. Yes, yes. New Gingrich, his full name is Newton. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Would be cool to see Ray Skywalker in an alien movie with X-Men Cyclops. What's her name? Would oh. be cool. Oh. Okay. Call it. Daisy Ridley Scott X-Men. Oh, what the hell? Oh, I just had it. I mean, that was where I was, too. I, I got five, was in, though. Six of the way through it. <laughs> what is Cyclops' human name? If I didn't know it's the answer, called- I would simply not buzz okay, in. Okay, oh. that's all right. 
Yes, yes, thank you, thank you, Chris. Daisy Ridley Scott Summers. Correct. Oh, Daisy okay. Ridley oh. Scott Summers. It's like Summers. James Marsden, but that's wrong. <laughs> yep. J- Daisy yeah. Ridley Scott that's- Bayo. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray Skywalker, Daisy Ridley, uh alien movie uh famously directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, X-Men Cyclops. Yes, James Marsden is the actor, but uh, yeah. um, Cyclops' human name in, in, in the comics is Scott Summers. All right, we have another uh, bit of a, a comic book reference here. The second African-American U.S. Supreme Court justice and Batman's dad with whose line is it anyways favorite? Chris. Okay, Clarence Thomas Wayne Brady. Correct. Yeah. Okay, all Correct. right. Clarence Thomas, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's dad, and Wayne Brady. All right. Our last one. He's a mall cop, a makeup artist, YouTuber, and the round mound of rebound. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know the middle one, but I it has got to be Kevin James Charles Barkley. Correct. Oh, Kevin James nice. Paul Blart, the mall cop. James Charles, a famous YouTuber, a makeup artist, and Charles Charles Barkley. Barkley. So nice. as so as you predicted, Karen, the middle one can be simply a yeah. gimme if you don't know exactly, it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yep. exactly. Yeah. That's that's good assembling on that one. Those are fun. <laughs> I like reading yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, that's Karen's happy place, though. Like doing that, do, making those kinds of associations. <laughs> you really enjoy quizzes like that. Tortured? No, like combining no. names and you know oh, yeah, puns yeah. and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, I've got a word nerd quiz for you all. I was uh, playing around on the uh, Merriam-Webster uh, website <laughs> they have a they have a feature on there called the uh, time traveler where you can basically look up all the words that entered the English language in a given year, and of course by entered English what we mean is was officially recorded in a dictionary. I mean by definition, oh I see all words are in you know someone's using them before they're officially recorded. So yeah, so it's kind of like you know the year it becomes an official you know heavy quotes word. That kind of inspired me as I put together a quiz of uh, what are to us very common everyday English words and phrases, but have not always been in the English language. So I'm going to give you a word or maybe a two word phrase. You're going to make your best guess what year this word entered the language and our our authority for these. So it's not just someone, (laughs) it's not just my word. Uh, We will be using Oxford, Oxford English dictionary and Merriam Webster for these. Okay. So they will say, this is the earliest recorded reference they can find for a given word or phrase. Okay. Okay. Now the fun for me of this quiz is I want to hear you guys try and reason this out. Right. I mean, so for example, if I give you the word website, you know, mm-hmm. okay, okay, well, it can't be any sooner than computers were invented, but yeah, okay, it's got to be, you know, after the internet was around for a while. So 
And in order to make this fair, the, the way we're going to be scoring this is I'm going to allow you all to guess. Whoever guesses closest to the year will get the point. We will go in turn. So you all have a chance to go first. You all have a chance to go last. Uh, so no buzzers. We'll go around and then I will keep track as we go. And this is Colin's you- happy place, which is like elaborate set of rules. Uh, fairness. And, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. First term here. Junk mail. Junk mail. Ooh. When did junk mail enter the English language? And we'll go in order here. Uh, I'll, uh, Karen, I'll let you guess first. So you can put the first pin down. But you can all sort of work it out together junk if you mail. want to. Yeah, junk mail. I mean, obviously, garbage pamphlets. I'm sure people got that, you know, for centuries now. But like, <laughs> when do you call it something sent? I feel like it must mm-hmm. be like mailed uh, yep. rather than just stuffing pamphlets in mailboxes. Right. Oh, I want to say 1971. 1971. Mm. And let me also add, uh, I I hope this doesn't change your guess. I'll also add, these are almost all, almost all words from the last 150 years or so. I'm not going too far back. And almost all of them are 19 something something. Okay. Okay. So Karen says 1971 for junk mail. Uh, Chris, what do you say? Junk mail. First first recorded use in English. I'm going to say maybe a little, Karen, you're locked in. I'm sorry. It's on your little (laughs) Price is Right thing. (laughs) Ding. Um, I'm going to say a little early. I mean, I'm I'm still going to say maybe it's post-World War II. You know, that's when economic prosperity allowed people to just print up garbage and just blast it out into people's mailboxes (laughs) or like pre-sorting mail or being able to send things to occupant of this house. I mean, but but it could happen earlier too. I don't know. I'll say say 1930. So I'm going to say, so that's pre-World War II, but I'm going to say maybe 1930. Okay, 1930, Chris. All right, Dana, what do you think? Junk mail. Um, I liked the whole post-World War II thing. Kind of bought that. Maybe I'll say uh, 55 to kind of hedge it a little bit later, but still in that area. All right, 1950. Yeah, there's something about, like, Chris touched on, like, automation or, like, batch printing. Uh, the big reveal. Junk mail, 1921. Oh, nice. 1921. Early. Yeah, I was surprised. I I, I think... Certainly a time of economic prosperity yeah. and, um, you know, heightened technology and uh, advertising, consumerism, and yeah. The, yep. uh, the reference in OED, actually, it appears that there earliest recorded reference was from a a u.s senate hearing representatives of the post office talking about it and you know they're saying sending this just saying like we have to deal with all of this like we need more it was an an appropriations hearing like we need more money there's all this junk mail (laughs) we need help all right so chris uh nine year a nine year delta there for chris all right next word next word what year did the word windshield windshield enter the english language windshield and so we're going to rotate here so chris why don't you go first for this one okay i'm 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 gonna say like 1871 if i'm giving a little too much away to my my competition here but i'm thinking it might even be um like horse and buggy predating automobiles but we'll see okay okay all right uh dana what do you what do you think wind windshield you think do you agree with chris before the car or you think it has to come after the car what do you think uh i'm gonna i want to pin it to the car but early in the car i want to say like 1907 something like that all right 1907 dana all right karen what do you think windshield 
I, I was thinking before car, maybe like bicycle. Okay. I'm going with 19. My, my original was 1901. 1901. Okay. Wow. You guys, man. All right. Windshield entered English in 1902. Karen, one year off. Right, right in line with the automobile, pretty much coming in. Okay. Windshield. Just, uh, just so to keep this in mind, if it comes down to uh, tiebreaker, maybe we'll do it as a bonus point. I'm going to do lowest total deviation. All right. Well, what lowest within, total, oh within Colin's yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, you, there's like the a rules. Just email me. I'll send you the rules. You can send follow a self-addressed along. stamped envelope to Colin Felton, <laughs> uh, the Shed, Berkeley, California. Uh. <laughs> what year? What year did the term high five get officially oh. recorded? Officially recorded. OED and Merriam-Webster both agree. High five. High five. And Dana, mm-hmm. why don't you go first on this one? Um. High five. There was that song about the hand jive that came out. So like people were talking about doing hand stuff. (laughs) Hand stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Karen's doing the hand jive by herself in the laundry room. We're all just watching. This is tricky, though. It's like, well, when did they agree that this was worth noting? Yeah. I'm going to say 1955. I'm going to put it as like a a 50s kind of thing. Okay. All right. Dana, high five. 1955. She's onto something where I feel like it's popularized by some sort of song or a trend uh, to me, it seems more like early '80s breakdancing culture. Uh, maybe even earlier. Let's say 1972. Okay, Karen, 1972 for high five. I'm gonna be petty. I'm gonna say 1954. I love it. I love. I okay. love oh. the, the undercutting. All right. Uh, it is in fact. This is later than I thought. I was surprised to see that this was in in my lifetime. 1980. 1980. Holy cow. Oh yeah, wow! Is the you know earliest what? These are some whack people running the dictionary. I swear. Yep, there are people sure. saying, give me five. Didn't, maybe I'm having a mandala effect. Yeah, give me five is not high five, but that's different. Give me right, five is high, high five. five. Even more casual version of a high five. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I mean, but your point, I think Dana is totally correct. That yeah, something is going to be, you know, slang or common use in, in whatever subculture, whatever group before it becomes the the sort of the mainstream. Yeah. Well, I think the more recent, the more recent it is, the faster it'll be added to the dictionary. I think right? I think true. because it gets recorded very very quickly. Because yeah. in fact, sometimes people invent a word and then it goes in a tweet and then it's recorded. Whereas yeah. high five, where I mean, even yeah. if it was even if it was much right. earlier than that, it's when did somebody write it down and when did that writing survive long enough for it to make it to the people who put it in the dictionary? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And in fact, I will tell you exactly what it is because the OED preserves these. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So the answer, Karen, you said, who knows? I will tell you who knows. Uh, it was a, a sports article, in fact, which makes oh. sense. High five the sports. That was an article uh, about uh, Greg Luzinski, a slugger for the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, this could change later on if a source is discovered 
that Absolutely. was earlier than that that used high five in print. So who this, knows? This yeah. is going to be an example of a quiz where, good job, brain listener, you might change the answer. If you have a reference at home, if you have a printed reference, you can send it into the dictionary and they will, in fact, update their reference. Oh. For sure. If you can document it, that's what they're all about. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here, here's the uh, only direct foreign loan word. Okay. Okay. So oh, uh, interesting. this is a word that I know you all know. The question is, when did it come from its native language into English. Emoji. Emoji. What year? What year was the first English language recorded use of emoji? And we will go Chris, perhaps appropriately our our team, our team Japanese authority. I'll say uh, 2000. All right. Okay. No. Well, we'll see. You'll have your chance here. Yeah, emoji. Emoji. I remember when everybody called them emoticons, and then all of a sudden they became emojis. And I'm wondering if that's when it got recorded, after emoticons, or if emoticons even made it. So I'm going to say 2005. Karen, what do you think here? Emoji, to me, I think was a almost like a branded name of the keyboard, like of the of the Unicode keyboard of the different emoji symbols. So I think way later. I think it's probably twenty third, uh, twenty ten. Yeah, twenty ten. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, we have your answers recorded here. Uh, Chris is in fact the closest, uh, <sighs> but you were all too late. You were all too late. Uh, emoji nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven in the English uh, language version of the Nikkei Weekly. Uh, emoji is a Japanese word. It means literally pictograph. Uh, the root e picture moji oh. letter or character so character picture. It has nothing to do with emotion it has nothing no. to do with emotion yeah, has right, nothing right, to do right. with emoticon it is it has absolutely nothing to do with emoticon <sighs> probably just purely coincidental that interesting okay moving right along hip hop what is the earliest recorded reference that the OED and Webster's can agree is hip hop in English. These words are going to be in use before someone can find a printed reference to them. So that's what you got to think. Like how long it's been around long enough that someone can have a reference to it. Hip hop. What year? Dana. 1983 for Dana. Okay. Karen, what do you think? I'm around the same, same era where it's like Sugar Hill gang. So I'm going to go with 1979. Okay. 1979 for Karen. Chris. Clustered here. 78. I like the thinking. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love it. All right. Karen is like on nine, the nose. No three. On the nose. Yeah. Oh! Not only Karen, not only on the nose with the year, but with their early their earliest reference in OED yeah. is in fact the lyric Wonder Mike. <laughs> Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. So the, yeah. it's funny to me to go to OED and see printed in OED. Said a hip hop the hibbit the hippy dibby hip hip hoppa you don't stop yes it is yes Karen man well, not going to beat a zero uh, uh, difference okay glitch glitch oh what's the earliest recorded the earliest recorded use of the term glitch when did that kind of become big time let's say nineteen eighty two all right. I was going around that too. Glitch is the 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 name of the Twitch logo. That's right, your, old, your mascot. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm gonna say 
There's like four different letters in there. Does that catch an S in there? All the years. There was an S, I think, yeah. Glitch, glitch, glitch. What do you think, Chris? We have 82, um, Sounds like hacker language. Sounds like MIT Mm. guys, maybe, you know, sort of thing. So I was thinking video um, games, but yeah. yeah, I'll get, well, I mean, it's got to be like, I'll say 1963. 1963. Chris, incredible. One year <gasps> off. 1962. No. Okay. 1962. Yep. Yeah. What I was, was it describing? The earliest site uh, is credited to astronaut John Glenn describing, oh. describing Doing basically- the right stuff. Just you know some of the some of the things you have to deal with you know being an astronaut or being in the in the space oh. program yeah and he, he described it as a glitch is a spike or change in voltage in a circuit uh, that puts a new load on it and you can see how it kind of just spread out from there yep <laughs> this might be appropriate for our past year <clears throat> dumpster what is the <laughs> earliest Earliest recorded use of the word dumpster. Wow. Earliest recorded use. Uh, Karen. It must be tied to some sort of like a a civic, you know, mass garbage disposal plan. Yes. Right. Where where there are industrial dumpsters. Um, I'm going to guess. How did they do trash in the old days? I don't know. (laughs) They just throw it in a corner. I (laughs) don't know. Uh, let's say post World War II, 1949. 1949. Chris, what do you think? I know that dumpster. I mean, I think even now is a is a is a trademark. It's a capitalized trademark. You know, brand. Oh. I don't know if it grew out of a genericized term that they trade. Uh, probably not. Um, uh, how about like 1960? Okay, 1960. Mm-hmm. Dana, what do you think? Dumpster. <laughs> it's a great word. It is. It's it's uh, pleasing to say. What did you say, Karen? Forty. Karen is on 1949. Chris, 1960. I'll say 1948. <laughs> 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 that's something 1948. Earlier. I like it, and that's for the for the point, Dana, because it is in Ooh. fact 1937. Oh, uh, yeah, and as Chris as Chris mentioned, it, it is in fact the only word on our list that was at one point a, 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 a trademark. Yes, it was the the Dempster dumpster. Yes, <laughs> no. the, yes, yes. The uh, the Dempster brothers. They came up with the word dumpster because yes. it's similar they, to their last they name. They named it after themselves. They took their own name, yes. put a trash spin on it. <laughs> like you know what. Kind of sounds like dump, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. Like, yeah. They found their reason. So, good job, everybody. Good job. I think uh, overall, Karen, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think walked away with the victory. Good job, everybody. And let's take a break. I have a surprise for you guys. It is a listener mail. This email right. is from okay. Wilson. He says, hi, Colin, Dana, Karen, and Chris. I first started listening uh, at some point in 2015 and was introduced by my brother, Colton. In episode 159, Chris said someone should take a tally of all the points in all the episodes. Even (laughs) though I had only listened to a few episodes at that point, I decided that I was going to be the one to do it. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. He says, it took me a while to get around to it, but I started tallying on a sheet of paper in 2016. Uh, I got pretty far. Then I lost the sheet of paper. (laughs) Uh, In the case, many sheets of paper. 
And last year I decided to start again. This time decided to keep track <laughs> with a document on my phone. It's taken just over a year for me to have a complete number of all the points procured per person oh for gosh. every episode released so far. Wilson, kudos. Absolutely incredible <laughs> undertaking. Without further ado, let's get into the numbers. I'd like to start off with some honorable mentions that is guests on the show throughout <laughs> ah. the years. So he did. Oh, this is, this is comprehensive. Guests. Oh, man. Very comprehensive. Wow. Chris Kohler Sr. and Pamela Kohler, which is uh, Chris's parents. <laughs> Quote, voice from the back from our live show. So I guess someone in the audience got something right. Um, Chris, your wife is in here, Regina. And then uh, Courtney, who was our friend who was in earlier episodes. Of course, uh, our friend Tyler Hinman, who's in a couple of episodes. Um, he is the the lead for all the, the honorable mentions, the guests at, mm. at 25 points. To begin, we'll start with a subtotal. Oh, uh, okay. Colin's in the lead with 2294. <laughs> Wait, 22? Tw- two, he has two. That's 2294. 2294 points? Yes. Wow. We, yeah, we've been doing this too long. And then, I don't think, I, don't think I have 2294 of anything else in my entire life. <laughs> Got answers. That's how many. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Colin, you win. Congratulations. Who's in? Who's in second? <laughs> Keep in mind, this uh, is subtotal. Uh, subtotal of what? Well, I'll get there. So. Um, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Chris, you're in second place. One thousand nine hundred sixty points. So you're, you know, three hundred or so, four hundred shy. Striking distance. So yeah. I, I got a shot at this. And me and Dana are 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 in third and and fourth place. Okay. Um. But but again. I want to say this is subtotal. <laughs> and there's a reason for that because uh, Wilson says, now here is where it gets a little more fun. Throughout the episodes, you've all given various gold stars, bonus points, <laughs> points, fractional points, and at least one conditional semi-point. And there has <laughs> even been the occasional point subtraction. All these change the scores of everyone in one way or another to varying degrees. And this is where he cites every instance of of stars or conditional points subtractions. It's it's a big list. And I'll put this online somewhere. But Incredible. the one I want to call out is Colin got negative 439 points. <laughs> Because Dana says you got this wrong, so you lost all your points. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I'd accumulated up to that point was just wiped out. Yes. So Chris is oh, now in the lead. Dana, Dana, the, the kingmaker. No, I'm in the lead. I never lost four hundred I mean, points. This, at once. this is a list. Did There's you know like I'm a negative uh, one cast point. a spell and you lose all your points? <laughs> uh, let's see. He says as of March seventh. 2021 the current point total is as follows in fourth place dana at 1632 points and two gold stars me (laughs) in third place with with only a a, a hair more uh 1800 points and only one gold star first place is chris with 1965 points well done. I'm sorry, Colin. You got knocked in second place. Um, actually, it's pretty close. So Chris with <laughs> 1,965, Colin with 1,855. 
So oh, I just okay. want to say because you have one okay. tenth of a point. Everyone who's oh, not named Dana loses a thousand points as of right now. <laughs> 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 yes, that's how it works. So We've regressed into Calvin update. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> the sheet. It's always been Calvin Ball. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wilson. That's incredible. That's amazing. Can we put that uh, online? Yes, the yes. Breakdown? I will I will I will put this online somewhere. Made all of Wilson's work live on and on and on and he will never have to tally using paper sheets again. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia, Good Job Brain. And let's continue with our all quiz bonanza. Whose turn is it? I think it's Dana's turn. That's right. During the pandemic, I've noticed a lot of people have gotten into true crime stories like murders and cults and all sorts of things. Like if you look on Netflix, there's a ton of documentaries about things. My true crime flavor of choice, though, is scams. I love scams. I don't want to be a scammer. I don't want to be the victim of a scam, but I really find it fascinating <laughs> to see. I, I think I'm, I'm, uh, I find the confidence. Grifting. The grifting. Yeah. Hoodwinking people just tricking them it's very interesting to see how people get tricked into doing things totally so i decided to make a quiz about the topic of the year that i've been really into um so i'm gonna do scam a quiz yeah. where you okay. buzz in i tried to not i tried not to be okay. too inside scam baseball for y'all for you for you scam heads out there yeah if you're if you're really into scams this is easy and if you know a bit about scams this will be a probably a good level of difficulty here we all go right. all right we've all heard the phrase con man or con job before what is con short for <laughs> i think i heard the dog bark first yeah karen i, th I saw everything confidence yes confidence, confidence yes man. confidence it was coined um 
by a New York Herald reporter in 1849 describing the rest of this guy who he got his victims to express confidence in him by giving them their money or their watch. You know, he's like, don't you trust me? I always thought it was because the person is so confident, not that they (laughs) people confide in him. Mm. You need right, to be confident to you run need to be this. A, is that an egg corn? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all the scam is always, you know, you and me, uh, we are going to scam this other guy, you know, and I'm taking you into my confidence and we're going to scam this other guy. But, but really, yeah. it's you, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So which famous New York landmark completed in 1853 as part of a common idiom about scamming people? Chris. Uh, the, the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, that's right. Somebody would go around with fake deeds to the Brooklyn Bridge saying, hey, I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. I have the deed for it right here. And people believe that? Yeah. So there was there was a, a con man named George C. Parker who's really known for selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Other people tried it too. But his, his grift was, hey, I know how to build bridges, but I don't run bridges. And so you get to have a toll booth on the bridge and you can charge people going, you know, across right. both ways oh. and then you just make money. <laughs> and so, so like yep. for years after it was up, the police had to come get people off of the bridge who were trying to set up toll booths. Set up a kiosk <laughs> on the bridge. Yeah. Give me some money. I own this bridge. <laughs> Imagine yeah. the poor sucker who keeps paying these tolls, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, they can't get across. Yeah, just victims down the line, yeah. basically. Who did Forbes name the youngest and wealthiest self-made female billionaire in America in 2015? And then once her scam was exposed, reassessed her net worth at zero dollars the following year. Oh, it's, um, uh, um, what's her name? Yeah. Is it uh, uh, from from uh, Theranos? It's it was, yep. uh, oh! a, a, a Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Is that right? Elizabeth Holmes. Did I get that? Wow. Good job, Brain. Yes. Yes. Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. So I read the book about this scandal. Uh, it's fabulous. It's so twisty. Nothing but shocking twists and turns left and right. But yes, she had a, a blood testing company and they basically lied to investors about <laughs> that it worked. It didn't work at all. Later this year, she's going to go to trial. Fascinating. Okay, next question. In January 2021, so earlier this year, HBO released a four-part documentary series called The Lady and the Dale, D-A-L-E, which is about a woman who was convicted of fraud for selling something. What was it? Chris. An automobile. Yes. A three-wheeled car. Yes. I was just going to say. <laughs> yes. Three-wheeled <a> three <laughs> fuel-efficient <laughs> yeah. car called the Dale. So it did exist as a prototype, but it wasn't safe for anybody to drive. And she was kind of selling it and, and taking pre-orders <laughs> as if it were like ready to go. And she ran away with the investor money. And then, yeah, it was a mess. All right. How about this one? Rapper Ja Rule posted... It was not a scam, and this is not my fault about what scammy 2017 event. <laughs> Everybody. A fire fire fest. Fest. Yes. Are there um, still so- people like going to trial and stuff for that? Or has that been it's is it no the main, the main guy is in jail? Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure Billy that's McFarlane. it. Yeah. He was Billy McFarlane was sentenced to six years in prison for wire fraud. 
So the fire festival was billed as this like uber luxurious, <laughs> very Instagram friendly um, music festival in the Bahamas. Uh, the original plan was that it would be on Pablo Escobar's um, <laughs> I, island. I forgot that, that part owned, of it. But Billy McFarland didn't get actual permission to do it there. And then finally, they agreed that he could do the festival, but it would be like a parking lot of a sandals <laughs> and not on an island by itself. It was very sad. It was everything that could have possibly funny. gone wrong, right? Yeah, they were they were stranded on an island. The the iconic image was the, the photo cheese. of the meal, their quote the luxury meal, which was like yep, yep. a slice of wheat bread, a piece of American cheese, and like two pieces <laughs> of lettuce. Single. Yeah, it was like oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. How about this one? The Boston Swindler is the nickname of what schemer? This is an old timey one. Chris. Oh, Chris. Is it Frank Abagnale Jr.? No. Oh, that's a good uh, guess. Uh, that's who Catch Me. Catch Wrong, me but a good guess. Is a, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is Charles Ponzi uh, of Ponzi uh, Oh. That's good. I get Ponzi confused in my brain with Ponzu. Which is the Japanese <laughs> citrus soy sauce? Yeah, I love, yeah. I love a good Karen, Ponzi Karen sauce. Karen has run a Ponzu scheme before, <laughs> but the less said about that, the better. Her parole officer. It's yeah. funny. I confuse Ponzu and Yuzu. Yeah, yeah Ponzu well, and Yuzu. I was confused about the difference between a Ponzi scheme and a pyramid scheme. They're kind of similar, except with a Ponzi scheme, you're like, oh, I'm going to invest your money. Give me your money and I'll um, and I'll get you a good return. And then they get money from somebody else. And then they give that to the original investors. It's like what Bernie Madoff was up to. Yeah. That right, was a Ponzi right. scheme that he was running. Yeah. All right. Next question. Before he painted the Sistine Chapel, which now world famous artist was employed as an art forger? Oh, <laughs> Michelangelo! Can't believe Splinter let him do that. Yeah, it's Michelangelo. So uh, Michelangelo was commissioned to make fake Roman and Greek sculptures. Like people figured out they were fake after a while, <laughs> but they liked them anyway. And so I think King Charles bought one. Huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, last question. This is another recent scandal that I was into. Which prolific showrunner is developing a show about a fake German heiress and socialite named Anna Delvey? Oh, yeah. I know that. I I don't know what. Chris. Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good guess for any showrunner question, I think. So she's making a Netflix show called um, Inventing Anna. Anna Delvey was sentenced to prison and had to make financial restitution, like some amount of financial restitution for stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from various rich people by pretending to be a German heiress. Yeah. Okay. Good job. All right. Well, folks, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news, but as you all have no doubt heard, The Biden White House is, of course, embroiled in the biggest scandal of our times involving a member of the president's family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colin, you you know what I'm talking about. Major Biden, the German shepherd, was involved in an incident where he (laughs) may have caused a little minor injury to an unknown person to him. He and he and Champ Biden, both the German shepherds, have been temporarily kicked out of the White House. 
And so it's the perfect time to bring back I one of my that. old segments. I, I was thinking about this previous Good Job Brain quiz, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should do the sequel to this. Bringing it back, Prezi Dogs, part two. <laughs> Prezi Dogs. Prezi Dogs plus Cats. Um, and, in fact, everything else. Because for this All sequel... Right. To my older quiz about the dogs who have lived in the White House of the United States, dogs owned by the president, all presidential animals are now on the table. Okay. All right? Or or under okay. the table, begging for scraps, okay. as the case may be. <laughs> um, so, so here we go. All types of animals on the table. Get your barnyard buzzers right. ready. Get ready to buzz in with some animal noises for some animal questions as we bring you dogs plus cats. Here we go. First question. This little guy was the first cat of the state of Arkansas from 1991 to 1992. I heard I heard Karen first. Uh I think this is the Clinton cat and I think the name is like Socks. Correct. Socks yeah. the cat. First cat of the state of Arkansas from 1991 to 1992. First cat of the United yeah. States. Oh. No, not the first, not the first cat oh, ever the in the first White House, cat. but the, the first cat as a first lady. First cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, with the Clinton administration, yes. Socks the cat had a video game made about him. Very famous. No way. What All do right. You do? Get, that was the... What do you do? You're, you're, the game. you're a cat. It's a, it's a mascot play. You're a cat. You walk. It was the bloodiest first person shooter, Karen. It, it was, was. Yeah, I know. Almost, almost caused the whole, uh, the whole industry to come down. <laughs> the entire cat industry. Um, <laughs> question number two. It's getting a little trickier now. The remains of Rex, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel belonging to this president, are currently interred at Rancho del Cielo, California. Uh, Colin? Uh, Richard Nixon. Incorrect. But I like the way you're thinking about this. Okay. Uh, Dana? Uh, is it Ronald Reagan? It is Ronald uh, Reagan. Uh, yes. Yep. Question three. The popularity of the discovery of Tutankhamun's intact tomb in 1922 is likely the reason that this president brought a dog to the White House seven years later named King Tut. Uh, uh, Colin? Uh, Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover is correct. Brought a dog named King Tut to the White House in 1929, very shortly after the the discovery of, of King Tutankhamun's tomb in, in Egypt, which of course, you know, caused King Tut mania around the around the world. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Abraham Lincoln's dog became so popular that his name became essentially a generic or a quintessential dog name in oh. popular culture thereafter. What was that name? Uh, Dana. Is it Fido? It is Fido. Sort of a uh, tweak on the on, on the Latin word for faithful. Did not live in the White House, but actually stayed in Springfield, Illinois. Hmm. Sad fact, Fido actually attended Lincoln's funeral. No. Yeah. Um, sadder fact, I, I, I kind of hate to bring this quiz down emotionally, but like, 
I, I have to bring this up because it is so wild and like it was it was in the news. Uh, Fido was also murdered. <gasps> now, it, it wasn't like a political assassination or Coyote. anything like that. Um, but he no, he was stabbed by a drunk man. What he was the? stabbed by a drunk person, yeah, who thought he who who he who thought that he was being aggressive towards him, but he wasn't. But he stabbed uh, Fido and killed Abraham Lincoln's dog. And this Yikes. was like in, this was in the paper. I know, oh. I know. I didn't say I wanted to say this, but like as a as a piece of trivia, I felt like you needed to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is trivia worthy for sure. It was in the papers. You can you can look it up. It's wild. Here we go. Caroline Kennedy, daughter of JFK, had for a brief time pets named Billy and Debbie. On their second night living at the White House, they escaped. JFK found them under his bed. What were Billy and Debbie? Uh, Colin? Hamsters. Yes, they were hamsters! Now, did you know that, or were you just guessing based on the I was the just guessing based, based on the era and what would be appropriate for two young kids. Who names their pets? Debbie. <laughs> it's short for Deborah. For, in my mind, somehow, I thought was underneath a mattress, and then I was like, oh, so it has no, to be I... like a spider or something small. But I get it. Like, like yes. under the bed. Okay. Yeah. And no, lot, yeah, no yeah. Under, the, under the bed. Under the bed. Frightened. Frightened of the of the White House, they hid under, under JFK's bed. Yeah, a Siamese cat with the unique name of <clears throat> Misty Malarkey Ying Yang lived in the White House circa 1978. Which presidential daughter owned him? Uh, 1978. Dana. Uh, that is Miss Carter. The first daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I didn't say you should that. know the first name. Okay, uh, Colin? Uh, no, I don't remember her, her name. That's why I didn't buzz in. Because oh. I, I, I know the rules, Chris. <laughs> Are we shaving people now, Colin? <laughs> I couldn't ask you what was what was the name of her cat, because nobody's going to come up with Misty Malarkey <laughs> Ying Yang. But I figured I would ask what was the name of Jimmy Carter's daughter, essentially. <sighs> I, I can't, and it I was can't okay. It was Amy Carter. It was Amy Carter Amy. owned a cat by the name of Misty yes. Malarkey Ying Yang, often photographed with a Siamese. All right, and finally, 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 finally. Okay, here we go. Here's your, here's the big one. This U.S. president owned a one-legged rooster, <laughs> which which is ironic. Considering that this president's name is an anagram of he loved rooster toe. Oh. Colin. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Now, just for the record, that was going to be my guess before you even threw out the, the anagram. Yeah. Sure. So it worked out very well. <laughs> yes. If you just said which president seems like he would own a yeah. one-legged rooster. Right. Exactly. 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 Wow. But I, yeah. I can, yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, it's an incredible discovery that I made <laughs> while writing this quiz that Theodore Roosevelt is an anagram of he loved rooster toe. I need to know. So I, how did the rooster lose the lose leg? the leg? Uh, yeah, exactly. I, anyway, that is Presidogs <laughs> Part Two: Presidogs and cats and hamsters and one-legged roosters. All, all right, great. 
And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about, about scams, club sandwich names, and dumpsters. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. world is like the ocean. It's alluring, but it's also full of deadly creatures that can shred you to pieces. It becomes kind of like a Game of Thrones political arena where everyone's trying to murder you to get your job. My family doesn't come from corporate background, so I didn't have any sort of guidance in that. This is not your typical work podcast. Sometimes you need to be empathetic. And then there are times that you ask for input, but you don't really give a shit. <laughs> Listen to the Ambi Award-nominated podcast, Surfing Corporate. <laughs> Stretch opportunity. What is this, yoga class? Get out of here. <laughs>